Okay, I'm just going to read a short passage from uh, Galatians chapter uh, 3 and uh, from verse 24, um, and just say a few words about that. Uh, so then, uh, the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many, as, you were, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Just want to say a few words for a few minutes uh, before moving on. I think this is a reminder to us of our call uh, to be a child of God and what it means to belong to Jesus and to be those who belong. There's always gospel implications for that. And I think it was one of the problems that the Galatian church had was that they weren't really thinking through the implications of what Jesus had done for them. And it was damaging because they had a, therefore they had a damaging perspective. They were, hi, they were hijacked, kind of. Uh, the church was hijacked by theological infighting uh, about the nature of grace, what it looked like, uh, who could be called believers, the place of the law. And it all became a bit messy and a bit of a power struggle uh, and a consuming battle for them. And uh, it was unhelpful because they were brandishing, some of the false teachers were brandishing their interpretations of truth in such a way that made it a completely different gospel and was alienating some people uh, from uh, the gospel. They, they were using their theology as a stick uh, to beat other people with um, for power and control. And that meant that the church in Galatia, which uh, Paul was writing to, became very insular it became focused in itself. It wasn't so much as about the Lord's kingdom come. It was about the Galatian kingdom come. Uh, there was opposing factions within the church, internal battles, and they lost their focus on loving God and loving their neighbor. And it became all about themselves and about survival and about what they thought and about their theology. And of course, that inevitably led to, to division in uh, chapter 5. And verse 15, we have these words from Paul, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. So there was this provocation and there was this envy of one another. Um, and it, it, it was in the name of Jesus in some ways, uh, because they were at least in the name of, of their own theological position. But it, it brought division to them and it meant that there was... Uh, they were revealing qualities in the church that actually come very naturally to all of us. And they weren't living out the gospel of grace, and they weren't uh, recognizing uh, the truth that we read at the beginning there from chapter 3 and verses 24, 29. Neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, male nor female, you are all one in Jesus Christ. And that reminder, that's a great reminder to us of the worldwide kingdom of grace to which we belong this evening here in St. Columbus. You know, if our, if our theology, if our understanding of God and of grace puts a heavy burden on us or makes us feel constantly guilty uh, and, and demands more of us all the time in, in a pressurized way, if we're more concerned about the purity of other people or whether other people think 
like me uh, than thinking about our own hearts and about the gospel in our own hearts. Or even if we see mission as something that is motivated either by pride, the amazing things we know, or by guilt, I've got to do this because I have to, it's an unhealthy perspective because grace is an amazing thing, and we belong to an amazing God. And it's incredible to be uh, overwhelmed by His love. I think God always wants us to remember two things in, in relation to our belonging to this great uh, gospel of grace. One is, if I'm in heaven at the end, which I believe I will be by grace and because of what God has done, it is because of grace alone. Grace alone. That's what enables me to get, not by my good works, not by my theology, not by anything else. The amazing thing is I'll be there because of God's grace. And also heaven, the new heavens and the earth, which we mentioned and talked about this morning, will be a host. Heaven will host a multinational, multi-ethnic, celebratory kingdom of all kinds of people, of all kinds of different theological backgrounds, of different nationalities, of different uh, races, and male and female altogether. There'll be Arminians, Calvinists, Presbyterians, Cessationists, Charismatics, Baptists, Presbyterians, and everything in between. And even some Bavinkians will be there. Sorry, I had to get that in. But there will be everyone. And uh, we need to remember in our unity uh, who will share glory with us and the importance of God's grace so that as a church, we're always going to be and always have to be outward looking in the way that the Galatian church had become insular and in opposite to what the Galatian church had become. So in our Christian lives and in our belonging to St. C's family, it's not all about St. C's. It's easy to lose our perspective and get bogged down and just think it's all about what we're doing, especially maybe for us as leaders to do that. We're always to be those who are welcoming the nations that come towards us. We're always to be interested uh, in supporting mission in other nations and in the nations that come to the city in commitment and in empathy and in joy and sharing uh, God's vision for the world as our neighbor. Because remember, even on the cross, Jesus Christ is looking out for others, for the joy set before him, not thinking of himself. So we will be outward looking, and therefore, as a result, we, we seek not to be, by God's grace, disunited, uh, but united, not divided, but united with this vision. Generous towards other Christians who think differently from us, but also passionate that there's no other gospel. And a recognition that we need others, and it's good to love others who have a different perspective as we learn from them. And a genuine commonality in our understanding of the kingdom and of Christianity and of grace that creates doors and not walls, both locally nationally and internationally. And we rejoice in that unity that we can share. Uh, so, I, I, as Mary was saying, that, that's our goal, and that's our vision, and that's the perspective we have. Why is that? Because, because it's right, because it's biblical, and because it's very powerful today. You know, we've seen uh, the world increasingly polarized, and sometimes the church getting sucked into that. Uh, much suspicion much polarization, much hate um, within the world. 
And we've got to stand up for the truth. But we have to do it in such a way um, that is united as Christians and also gracious as we reach out with the gospel. We have such good news. It is a revolution. And we're to remind, we're be, we are to be reminded of the unity that the gospel brings. Uh, and the church is to reflect that unity of being neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. You are all one in Jesus Christ. If you are Christ's, then you're Abram's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Amen. Just a few thoughts on that uh, verse this evening.